whatever the hell we want. 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 It's The 100, Season 1. Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Princess Dave. And I am Michael. And guys, it's the apocalypse. We done did a bad job, nuked everything. I'm not talking about your three-day-old Chinese food. Shit's bad. We broke that earth, and now we're in space. At least until we die up here. That is true. I am excited to talk about the 100, Dave. We watched only the first episode and only the last episode of season one. We're going to recap those ends, and then we have many, many questions to help us guess about the middle. As you may have guessed by now, the hundred, it's called hundred, Michael, not 100. I am dealing with my second round of COVID. I will say whatever the hell I want. Fuck you. COVID doesn't give you an excuse to just be an idiot. The hundred is a post-apocalyptic science fiction show that aired back in May of 2014 on the CW. It's loosely based on a book of the same name by Cass Morgan. Season one got a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, eh, okay. But you know the CW, they don't care about them ratings. Nope. <laughs> they, they just push on through. Interestingly enough, though, season two, five, six, and seven all have a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Yeah. Wow. But this, uh, this does star a bunch of people. But most notably, Eliza Taylor as Clark and Thomas McDonald as Finn and no one else matters. Bob Morley. Bob Morley. Meh. Let's get this apocalypse on the road. All right. The first episode titled Pilot. Original. We open to Clark, an under 18-year-old girl drawing a skyscape with charcoal. We learn quickly through her narration that we're in space. And as you said, the Earth had a nuclear apocalypse 97 years ago and all the survivors or so we think, went up to space in 12 space stations, which all connected to form the Ark. How biblical. Mm. We also learned that all crimes on the Ark are punishable by death, with the exception of minors, hence why Clark is locked up. She's naughty. <laughs> but she gets yanked out of her cell, sees every other minor also tussling outside, and thinks they're all dead meat. But her mom, April O'Neil from the 90s Ninja Turtles movies, a.k.a. Dr. Abby Griffin, tells her that she and the 99 other teen prisoners will be sent down to Earth. Radiation poisoning. Hooray. Yeah, you won't die up here. You'll die down there. Surprise. <laughs> You'll die a much more painful and drawn out death. <laughs> we get the title card. It's just a dirty looking the 100. It's just a dirty 100. But the, the zeros are smushed together like a desperate chick's breasts and some puzzle piece shaped things are coming off it and hurtling toward the screen. Our ship of fools is hurtling to the earth. And I'll say this. I like that the show doesn't fuck around. We're less than four minutes in and we're blowing through normal introductory type stuff at breakneck speed. Most of the other shows we watch would have taken 20 minutes to introduce us to all these characters and stuff. We're like just in deep quick. Yeah, less than four yeah. minutes and we're already flying down to Earth. Yep. I liked it. Clark wakes up from her sleep dart next to Wells, the son of the Chancellor of the Ark, and he says he got arrested just to protect her. Simp. Simp. Perv. Speaking of the Chancellor, he comes on video on the ship and gives all the teens some speech, but the important piece is that they need to try to get to Mount Weather once they land, which is an old military base stocked with non-perishables, which is cool and all, but the only thing lasting 97 years is like honey and Twinkies. I don't know about that. I mean, every other food expires. Can last long. What? What? Longer. Can, I missed you. I missed it. I thought I, mi I missed you too. Uh, it's been so long since we've talked. I... <laughs> Uh, other foods can last longer than a few years. Like We're not talking a few years. We're talking 97, David. There are other foods that can last 97 years. What? Name one. Honey is the only food that doesn't expire. And Twinkies are rumored to be the only thing that could last a nuclear apocalypse. There's got to be other stuff. No. I have to believe that they're not just slurping down honey and Twinkies. I'm just telling you, food doesn't last that long, man. Even if it's canned. But anyway... One kid on the ship, Finn, uses the low G to float around, which prompts two other knuckleheads to unbuckle. But then mm. the ship deploys, shoots to land, and splat! They're like insects on a windshield. 
We'll talk about their deaths later. Up on the Ark, we learn all comms with the ship are toast, and all they have left are wristbands the 100 are wearing with their vitals and shit. But most importantly, we meet Kane, played by Henry Ian Cusick, who plays my favorite character in Lost, Desmond. Gross. I literally have a quote of his tattooed on my arm. See you in another life, brother. And I I guess this is his other you life that I'm seeing him in. brother tattooed on your arm? I do. Yep. We're in it. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it all down. It's over, guys. It was a good run. I wouldn't fuck many men, or, or, or any men, really, but I'd be little spoon to, to Desmond's big spoon. I would. Really? He's not even that good looking. He's better with a beard. He's better with a beard. <laughs> Aren't they all? Yeah. Uh, the, sh- the ship lands. Those two knuckleheads, they are dead. Serves them right. And we meet brother and sister Bellamy and Octavia Blake. He's, quote unquote, dressed like a guard. And she was famous for hiding in a floor. No idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They open the door and it is so bright, which makes sense. Their eyes are used to dim space grays and they breathe in the delicious air because their old station air was just stale old farts and metal. And then in true CW fashion, Imagine Dragon starts playing and I want to die of radiation poisoning. Ugh, just call down the apocalypse on me now, please, for the love of God. It is a quota of C- every CW show must contain at least one Imagine Dragon song. Mm-hmm. And it's the one about not being able to breathe or whatever because <laughs> the air, yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> They fan out, and Clark realizes via map that they're on a different mountain than Mar- Mount Weather. So, where did she get the map? She packed it with herself. She just like pulled it right out, like she just had it. She was drawing it with the charcoal. <laughs> yeah, so they're going to need to trek to get there. Now, the arc has tiles up on a screen. So, anytime the wristband tracking vitals goes awry, dark tile equals dead. There are only like 20 screens. So like there's a hundred there's a hundred kids and they've decided like which twenty they want to track and the rest of them are just like meh. No, I think it probably scrolls. Nah, Clark like, is always up there. <laughs> Wells is always up there. Well, that's because they're the two. It's the children mm, of the doctor. Yeah, running the thing they're important. The they're important kids. Anyway, Clark draws a line on the map to Mount Weather. Wells is surprised she knows how to draw a line. Draw a line. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, people are dumb in a hundred years. <laughs> how did you know how to draw a line? Wells and Clark are the only ones who see the merit in going to the base. All the rest of the people are just petulant, selfish idiots. I understand that that they are, in the Ark's eyes, kind of expendable because they're all just going to basically get killed in a year when they turn 18 anyways, because every crime is punishable by death. But you're sending, like, kind of the worst of you... Like, I guess they were just kind of guinea pigs and they like they just wanted to see how their vitals were. They didn't really like expect them to actually do anything useful or important. It was just like, a, let's see if it's safe down there kind of thing. But still, like you sent no one of, of any use or help at all. You just sent a bunch of teens. Well, let me ask this, because you're right that I think that is really the reason. Like, let's just check their vitals when they land. Why the hell do they need to send 100 then? Why can't they just send like five? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just sam- sample size, I guess. I mean, science is all about sample sizes. Yeah, but in this case, what's more important, sample size or killing <laughs> killing your future? Yeah, but I think like you sent you sent five of them down there and they land right next to a bear and it just mauls the five of them and that's the end. Okay. But like a bear would have a hard time working through a hundred folks. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think it's funny you call them folks. That's funny. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you're right, but like most teens, they just don't want to follow the rules. No, those jerks up there always telling us what to do. We want to do what we want to do. Yep. Clark, Jasper, Monty, Finn, and Octavia, only because she wants to do Finn, head off to Mount Weather. Oh, also, Jasper wears goggles on his head like Seth Green and Can't Hardly Wait, and it's outlandish. I love it. Jasper's the best. That look was never cool. It was cool when Jasper did it. Uh, anyway, up in the arc, the Chancellor was shot, and Clark's mom rushes to save him. My guess at the time was that it was Bellamy before he left, hence why he doesn't want the adults to come to Earth, and we find out later, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Our group traverses the probably radiation-soaked forest, comment on how they don't see any animals, and then stumble upon a deer, but it turns its head, and it's got like another half-head growing out of it, and it was honestly the coolest part of the entire episode you, you kind of know something's going to happen like they're not just going to sit here and observe this deer and it's gonna be like oh yeah that's cool and it runs off it's like wow that was a great experience guys <laughs> like you know something bad's going to happen but uh, yeah when that thing turns it like it really gets you it's like oh, oh shit i yeah. liked it mm. clark's mom 
breaks the rules and uses too much blood and anesthesia to try to save the chancellor. And we basically do get confirmation. Bellamy was the shooter. Mm. Speaking of, he talks to two ultra dumb, ugly fucks into taking their wristbands off in exchange for helping him lead. I just, I have no patience for these imbeciles. I Uh, hate Bellamy. I hate Murphy. One of these two idiots. I don't like them at all. Nope. I don't dislike Bellamy as much as we go on, but I just, I don't like him in the pilot. I don't like him in the pilot. I don't like Bellamy at all. Even okay. the last one. He's a pain in the, he's a pain in the damn ass. Our reconnaissance group keeps walking. We get confirmation from Clark that the Ark has enough supplies and power or whatever to only last a few more months, which was the impetus for sending them down in the first place. They get to a stream and Octavia dresses down and jumps in because it wouldn't be a CW show without some unnecessary teen skin for good measure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this big ass penis looking creature comes along in the water and snatches her. Yep. Terrible CGI and all. Yeah, you have to assume that um, that she's never had sex before, so this is a good metaphor for like what sex is like. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I like to call it snakes on a lame. The crew rolls a rock into the water to distract it, seriously, and yeah. it works. And it is thoroughly distracted by the rock. <laughs> and then Jasper jumps in and pulls her out, and dumbest of all, he didn't even put his goggles on before doing it. What's the actual point of your goggles, bro? This is the one time the one time that your goggles will come in handy Ugh. she only has a little bloody cut monty makes a joke about how horny he is and then they all giggle funny stuff monty back at the ship they're all pulling off their wristbands wells tries to talk some sense into them there's a debate about classism etc but it just turns into everyone shouting whatever the hell we want and that's the problem like the knee-jerk lawlessness is also not the answer there needs to be a happy medium, and nobody in the history of the world ever wants that. Like, power wants to remain in power, and powerless want the opposite, and humans are too fucking stupid and proud to settle in between. Yep. And I think, like, this is part of the the reasoning that I'm like, why would they just send all the... Like, you just sent a bunch of criminals <laughs> to, like, hopefully tell you whether or not it's okay for you guys to come down there. How do you not know that these 100 kids are going to all land and then just fucking murder each other. Like, it makes no sense. Well, right, because not only are they criminals, a lot of them were pushed into their criminality because they're of the lower class. And they don't, they naturally just don't want to help the upper class who are up on the arc. Like, no. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Clark's mom gets arrested for her doctor crime and will be sentenced to death via space float the following day. Come on, Desmond, just grow back your facial hair and stop being so rigid. I miss the Scottish island version of you. He's a dick. Back with our group, Promise by Ben Howard plays as Clark and Finn bask in the fluorescent night forest, and he forces her to drink radiation-tainted water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she dies, and that's the end. Yep. Also, they find a toe print. I hate the way Finn talks. It's just one contrived bullshit line after another. Ah, she can laugh. Why so serious, princess? I don't like it. Mm. Bellamy pulls Wells away from camp and pulls off his wristband. He also says he has to make everyone else think that he's dead by banishing him, but he has like 12 people help take the band off. So like 15% of the people know you're lying already. Bad math, Bell. Mm -hmm. The next day, Clark's mom, Dr. Griffin, is about to be spaced. Desmond yet again has to press a button in an enclosed area to save the world. At the last moment, though, the Chancellor, a.k.a. Wells' dad, shows up and pardons her. Just in time, but holy jeez, does... Dr. Griffin need a new shirt. So many holes. It's like she's Stanley Yelnats up in this bitch. <laughs> Back on Earth, the group made a rope swing thing to swing across the Snake River. How? How? <laughs> that thing is hanging like fucking 50 feet in the air. How the fuck did these five chuckle fucks get that done? I swear know. to God. It wasn't it wasn't Octavia's smarts, I'll tell you that much. Ugh. <laughs> Finn's about to swing across, but Jasper volunteers to try because he wants to impress Octavia. He makes it across, finds the sign for Mount Weather, and then giant spike to the chest out of nowhere. Just a giant spear. They are not alone. And while I appreciate the ending, because it's a surprise, I, I like I like a twist like that. We'll get to it in the finale, but how? 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 How is he not dead here? I hate it. Mm. I hate it. I hate it. He looks very dead. He looks very, very dead. That spear went literally through his chest. 
it's like a six foot spear. Yeah, it's a big. It's a and it's it's wide. It's got some. Yeah, it's got some girth. Yeah. It is a girthy spear. It's a girthy, girthy spear, and he's just the in the last last episode, he's just fine. Yeah, this this is why I can't stand network shows. It's just make it make sense. Make it make sense. But I don't. I can't think of anything that they would do that I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Unless the spear turns out to be full of plasma. <laughs> like what? I don't know. I have no it's idea. It's a giant syringe. <laughs> just the COVID vax. It's just the COVID vax. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, all right. Well, that's the pilot. And then we picked up on episode 13 titled We Are Grounders Part 2. Mm-hmm. So we missed part one, whatever that was. <laughs> we are on the ground starting out on Earth and the 82 have fortified around their drop pod and they all have guns now. Surprise. Yeah. Guns. I say the 82 because apparently 18 of them have died mm-hmm. or or so we find out again. Jasper's alive now, so that's that's neat. Clark is cauterizing a gunshot wound on a girl named Raven's tummy. We did not meet Raven in the first episode. Uh, I think we have some questions about it that makes it sound like she came down later, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. And Murphy is the one who shot her, apparently. Do hate that guy. Bellamy wants the Reapers to help them fight off the Grounders. We find out later, and we we meet all of these groups, but the Grounders are people who, well, all of these people are people who survived the apocalypse in one way or another, and they're now surviving on Earth and are kind of a little bit more savage than our R100. Clark thinks that it is just a terrible idea to get the Reapers involved. It's just like adding more gasoline to the fire at this point. Like, you're just inviting additional shit. But they do decide that they are going to run away from the grounders and they want to head for the ocean, which is apparently 120 miles from where they are. I don't know what the ocean has to offer them, but that's where they want to go. They start their journey and get like a hundred yards out of the woods (laughs) and a kid gets murdered by a giant throwing star. It's halfway into his head. Yeah, he's just absolutely skull fucked. But Based on Jasper's luck, I'd say he's got a 50-50 chance to survive. Yeah, I mean, he could. He's def- they carried him back. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in season two, episode one. <laughs> so they immediately start running away, screaming grounders, and they run back to their camp, and that did not go well. Nope. So they decide at this point that they're going to fight. Apparently, they have 25 rifles with 20 rounds each. I don't know where all those guns came from. Apparently, part of the battlefield that they're going to be battling on is mined, and they have a few grenades. So mm-hmm. um, apparently, Raven is pretty handy to have yeah. around. We do decide that as a last-ditch effort, they are going to wire the dropship to th- use the thrusters to essentially kind of do like a mock takeoff mm-hmm. to blast fire out from underneath. So that is what Raven and Finn and Clark are working on. But we do cut back to the Ark, and they are debating bringing the Ark to the ground because they are basically out of resources. As Michael mentioned in episode one, they are getting very low on resources and are trying to figure out how to get the whole Ark down to the ground. Sounds like it's not going to be terribly easy, but they're basically just going to blow it out of its axis and send it into the orbit and hope everything goes good. Now, my first time through watching this, I was like, how the hell are these the best and brightest that got saved to try to repopulate Earth at some point or whatever? But they aren't. They're like the grandkids of the, be- the well, that's best the thing. and brightest. Yeah. <laughs> Even though and like there's a hundred of them in prison. So like these aren't. But that's they're like second, third and fourth generation people because yeah. they left the Earth 97 years ago. So you have these shitty ass people wearing 100 year old hand me downs and eating freeze-dried astronaut ice cream and shitting in an RV toilet their whole life. Of course they're below average. Who literally grew up and learned everything they know on the Ark. Right. Who are trying to figure this out. Yeah, I I think that, you know, if we were in an apocalypse-type situation, yes, sending the best and brightest up to the Ark would make sense, but there's no guaranteeing that those people's offspring will also be the best and brightest. Right. Especially with all the external things affecting them. Yeah. Absolutely. After a few generations, you're probably back to just like mediocre middle of the road folks. <laughs> yep. But but yeah, so so essentially they decide that that they're going to bring the arc down. They're going to blow off some of it and the rest is going to fall down into the orbit and land on Earth. Easy peasy. Yep. Back on the ground, Raven is walking Clark and Finn through setting up the ship. 
because she got shot by Murphy, she really can't do a whole lot and move a whole lot. So she's just kind of walking them through uh, getting it taken care of. She mentioned she can't feel her legs. They go up and check on her and realize that the bullet is lodged in her spine. Finn decides that they need to actually, he's going to go to the grounder camp or some kind of camp of some sort that has some medicine that he's going to try and steal to at least help keep Raven afloat for a while. I think she's going to be fine. The thing in her is like an eighth of the size that Jasper got. It is so small compared to that girthy, girthy spear. Yeah, Yeah. right. And all that spear did was knock off Jasper's goggles. And I would argue that he looks cooler now than before he got shot through the heart. So maybe. The Ark does decide to start their launch process. The Chancellor is giving some big fancy speech, as he always does, but the remote detonator isn't working. And as Kane is about to be the hero, I'll go do it manually. Launch just commences, and everyone's like, what the fuck? And then we hear the Chancellor, he stayed behind, is going to launch everything and and has done so. So Abby and Kane, they love each other now? He was going to kill her in the pilot. Two months ago, this man tried to kill you. And now you're like super close. Yeah. Ridiculous. Wild. I did not see that coming. But also, is their ship lined with tinfoil? Yeah. <laughs> Garbage looking. No wonder why these kids suck. <laughs> yes. But uh, but yeah, so Abby and Marcus are seem to be a thing now. And I, I get it. I always try and fuck people that try and kill me. You know, assert my dominance. But the um, the battle on the ground begins as Clark works with Raven to get the ship ready. So grounders are, are incoming and running around and mines are exploding and it's all very ooh, exciting. Oh, I absolutely despise this dark crap. It's the long night episode of Game of Thrones all over again. Oh, I, my God. I get that battles at night are narratively cool, but they're visually dog shit always. So it's it's just not worth it. Just stop. Nobody wants to see a bunch of formless blobs bandying about. I hate no. it. I will venture to say that at least half of this episode, I couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. I was just watching a black screen. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it. So many shows mm. do it, and I just don't understand why. I get it. It's more bad. Like, you're right. It's more badass. Like, a fight during the day is just boring. But we need to be able to see what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yep. Like, I don't need, like, uh, some of the people that were talking, like, that looked like someone who I might know. <laughs> like, man, well, whatever. Yep. So we do see that uh, one of the the leaders of the grounders, a big scary looking dude and some lady that's dressed like a kind of like a queen and her name is Anya. We don't know the guy's name. Are kind of like fucking around with what looked to me it was very dark, so who knows, but it looked to me like it was Murphy, pretty sure that Murphy. he had gotten kidnapped by the grounders and tortured to give the up like I don't know. The secrets of the 100 or whatever. So, I mean, at least that's good. Mm-hmm. But the grounders decided they're going to kind of creep through the woods and sneak up on them a little bit. And then this is where the battle kind of gets into full swing. They, at the last minute, do a sprint and and things things start to get crazy. Bellamy gets his ass kicked and then saved by Octavia. Bummer. Then she gets a, a shot with an arrow. So it's all, all very sad. Oh, Finn gets that camp that he was heading to and runs into some some dude who he, he apparently knows and, and are, is friends with. They get the medicine and he decides at this point that he wants to get the reapers involved to try and buy them some more time okay so there's reapers and grounders and they're different what the fuck like the earth probably has like what ten thousand people left maybe why are they gonna live on top of each other spread out you idiots just spread out yeah all the grounders and like their look at stuff made me think of like cowboys (laughs) southern united states folk and then the the Reapers all just look. It looked like just a motorcycle gang, like a bunch of fat old old dudes with beards. Yeah, I just. Well, here's my question to you: Are we to understand that they are regular humans, or are they like mutated big humans? I mean, I didn't see any like mutations that would have made me think that they weren't just regular humans. They seemed a little big, though. They, I mean, they're fighting a bunch of teenagers, so they might look a little big. Even you would look big if you were fighting a child. That's true. So Raven is looking pretty bad. Jasper and Clark are working on getting the thrusters all up and running when Raven passes out. She kind of looks dead, but she's apparently not. That's so Raven. (laughs) You've been waiting this whole time to throw that in, huh? The crew outside is getting kind of overrun, so they want to retreat, and Clark's like, no, you're fine. Stay. And uh, when we're done, you can come in. Okay, cool. So at this point, everyone stops because they see the arc falling from the sky. It's like this big ball of fire flying through the sky. And then it picks back up again. The Reapers show up and the fight 
with the ground. They fight with the grounders, distracts them for a little bit, but they end up overrunning the Reapers and then the grounders come for R100. Finn finally returns and gives Clark the drugs that he went for. Finn's new friend, his name is Lincoln, apparently, and he knows Octavia also, and he takes her to help her now that she's been shot. So gee, we just don't see any more of Octavia. Her and Lincoln are just off of the sunset. I don't know what's going on with that. So I don't know if you feel this. I certainly do. Octavia and Bellamy like each other way too much for brother and sister. Agreed. I give it three seasons before they make a repopulating excuse so they can do it. I know I told you my life ended when you were born when actually my life began when you were born. Nobody says that to their sister. Fuck you, dude. No one says that to anyone. (laughs) First of all. And second of all, especially your sister. Insane. Yeah. I'm not a fan of of Bellamy at all, but that whole situation is also bad. So Clark calls everyone in to the to the ship now. They're apparently ready to go. This big bad grounder boy who was fucking everybody up. It decides it's time to, to kick Bellamy's ass and he does so, so that's nice. But then Finn runs out to help. Not so nice. Clark has to retreat into the ship, leaving both of them outside, as far as we can tell. While the door is closing to the ship, the queen of the grounders, from what I can tell, Anya, jumps in there and gets in just before the door closes. At this point, she's like, they're all kind of in a little bit of a standoff and Jasper tries to fire the rockets and it doesn't work. Turns out he just needed to change the batteries. Everything's fine. <laughs> Anya attacks, but they overpower her and, and kind of take her prisoner a little bit. Once Jasper replaces the batteries on the detonator, fires the thrusters, and everyone outside is burnt to a crisp beyond recognition. There's this big thing before they actually fire the thrusters where like the crew just wants to kick the shit out of Anya and just kill her to death. Yeah, they just want to kill her. You know? But Clark's like, no, we can't do it. We're not those type of people. Of all the hypocritical things I've ever seen, this is up there. Are you guys crazy? We're not savages. We will not beat up this woman who just tried to kill us with her katanas. Okay, Jasper, time to set these motherfuckers on fire! (laughs) Everyone else! I hope their bodies are so charred and disfigured after that we (laughs) grind them to dust and fertilize the ground to grow squash! Ah! And we can use their bones to make weapons! Yeah, it makes no sense. Why why is this person... Is it because she's a girl? Because that's also sexist much. She should die with the rest of them. Literally the next second after not killing one grounder, they happily painfully slaughter hundreds by burning them alive. And also some some of the 100 and also some of the Reapers who could have survived maybe, but now they didn't. Yeah. That shit made my blood boil. I just yeah. I can't mad. murder this one person, but mass genocide. Yeah. yeah. Of the same person, of the same group. Yes, the same group. Not even a different group. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> yes, but the uh, we do cut back in the Chancellor. We finally find out more about the Ark here. Chancellor's up on, on the Ark in the sky, and he is trying to contact any of the pods that had dropped down from the Ark for re-entry. And turns out Abby's pod made it. Surprise, surprise. Yay. No one expected that. Cool. And she opens the hatch to look for other pods to see if there's anybody out there. She absorbs the sun like Superman and then explains the Earth like a fourth grader. <laughs> It's green, and there's water and trees. It's like, yeah, we got it. Cool. She does look around, and she finally sees that there is a smoke in a distant forest that we are to assume is potentially another pod that landed somewhere else that they need to go save. You mean Desmond needs to follow Black Smoke to find a station in the jungle? You don't say. Yeah. No, but exit music from Radiohead, uh, an OK computer track, no less, is playing. All right, CW. I would have preferred Paranoid Android, but I'll take it much more than Imagine Dragons. I think there should have been some Imagine Dragons here. (laughs) Well, the 100 decide to finally leave the ship. It is turned into mourning now, and they find the charred earth and bodies just everywhere. I tried to spot Bellamy so I could confirm that he was dead. No such luck, but... I mean, we're to assume that he is, but probably not. Probably not. There's like a 98% chance that Bellamy's still alive. (laughs) Some smoke grenades come flying out of the woods at our crew, though. They all pass out. Not before Anya says very ominously, mountain men. And then we see these dudes with like gas masks and like machine guns with, with laser pointers on them and stuff. It's real intense. There's another faction of people. There's one million factions. Stop! Why the hell are these people slumming it up in space if people could just clearly survive on Earth? Just clearly survive. Yeah. So shit gets really weird here. Clark wakes up in a white room 
Bright Lights Above Her, Starry Night by Van Gogh on the Wall. And it turns out it was all a dream. Clark got into a car accident when she was 16 and has been in a coma for four years. This was all just a fabrication of her mind. Just kidding. Uh, No, that's not what happened. I have no fucking idea what is happening. She is in this white room and she walks up to the window and it's got it. It's got a big circular window in the door that she can look through and she can see straight across in the hallway. And Monty is in another room directly across. So, I mean, it's cool that Monty is there. Nice. But she it, the camera pans a little bit. And in the hallway, we could see a sign that says Mount Weather Quarantine Ward. Yep. And then it does a really slow zoom to her face. And then the sound cuts out, and then all we can hear is her breathing for like a minute, and I don't understand why. And then that's the end. I mean, quarantine is only, what, like five days now? You'll be fine, Clark. I mean, in 97 years, quarantine is going to be like three minutes. (laughs) No, so I, I mean, the way that I took it is that those mountain men people obviously live in Mount Weather, because we see it's the Mount Weather quarantine, and they just bring them there into these rooms and keep them there. Yeah, but that is... The hundred sure is. Now, before we get into our questions, we definitely need to quarantine with a center commercial. Today's episode is brought to you by Eastern Crime Zone, a true crime podcast. Yes, there are thousands of true crime podcasts out there. So why this one? Well, number one, the host Cassie is excellent. But number two, it's well produced and it looks to shine the light on less popular cases. If I hear another true crime podcast covering Jeffrey Dahmer or the son of Sam, I will chop my iPhone up into a bunch of pieces and bury it in my yard. Part of the bio on her website, easterncrimezone.com, says it all. By choosing to analyze what we see on a case-by-case basis, audiences have the power to change the conversation around true crime. The goal of this podcast is to demand appropriate respect for the victims, adequate socioeconomic context for the crimes, and accurate portrayals of police activity. And on one of her most recent episodes, the case of Erica Alonzo, she actually worked with the family directly to try and get justice for Erica. Cassie's the real deal. And when I first got into podcasts, I started with Serial, like a lot of people. But then I got turned off of true crime because my wife used to listen to this British dude and he said, garage, like every episode. It just couldn't take it anymore. But I've listened to a few episodes of Eastern Crime Zone, and I think I'm hooked again. I really enjoyed the episode on the teacup poisoner. I was in a play in high school called Anybody for Tea, and I played a detective, and a bunch of old ladies kept killing each other, so I would come to their house because they wanted to do me. Dream role, really. It reminded me of this. But that aside, seriously, go check out Cassie's show, Eastern Crime Zone, wherever you find podcasts. She's wonderful. The show's wonderful. And if you don't check it out, I might have to murder you. Well, you should go listen to Eastern Crime Zone. But in case you don't, here's a list of reasons why Michael wouldn't be able to murder you. He'd probably get dirty. You'd see him coming from a mile away. (laughs) He's very weak and frail. He's never seen Rambo. (laughs) He's probably never shot a gun. You'd smell his floral lotion from at least two miles away. And nothing is in it for him. So he has no reason to do it. (laughs) Haven't you heard, Michael? You get more bees with honey. Anyways, some people may not be able to murder, but I bet you know something everyone can do. Send us an email for feedback at thecentercutcast at gmail.com. And if you don't want us to murder you, go to our Instagram. At the underscore center underscore cut. Yeah, and we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search us. Yes, please. All right, David, we have many questions as per usual. Let's just do it so we can try to figure out the middle. Let's do it. I'm starting. Uh, Marcia F. from Facebook, this first group of, of folks came from Facebook, so thank you so much. Why did Bellamy torture Lincoln? Well, Lincoln is a grounder or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a reaper. I, I still don't know how they're different. But logically, Bellamy wants to figure out, like, what the hell are you doing here? How are you alive? And why did you throw a giant spear through a kid wearing goggles? Most kids who wear goggles are developmentally disabled and i know it's been 97 years but still not a good look lincoln not now not ever all bad nope didn't like that at all two simple bullet points to explain this whole situation lincoln's a grounder bellamy is a dick and <laughs> yeah i guess you're probably right guess you're probably mm-hmm. right next question from marcia f why do the 100 blow up the bridge 
So I'd imagine that this is a bridge across this giant pee-pee snake infested river. And my assumption would also be that the grounders potentially home base or whatever is on the other side and they blow it up to try and stop them from coming to attack them. So at first I was also thinking it was a bridge over that pee-pee snake river, but further down the river or something, because obviously we didn't see a bridge, but we know that on the other side of that river was Mount Weather. Mm -hmm. And if they blew up that bridge, then how did the mountain men get Monty and Clark there? So I think it's going to be a different bridge. I think the mountain men are far, far more capable and advanced than all of these stupid other groups. So I, I figured it out. Or at least this is my thing. <laughs> oh, did, did you? Perfect. Great. Let's. I mean, we don't have to do anything else. I think maybe this person is, is talking about the bridge of a ship. So I'm going to connect this later on, but I think it's Raven's ship and they blow it up so there can be no more communication more later. Oh, interesting. Meh, still don't agree, <laughs> but maybe, maybe. Well, Caitlin M from Facebook asks, what happened to Kane's mother? She wasn't able to live anymore. Get it? Kane and Abel. But seriously, I want to use this as a jumping off point to say that I do think there's some obvious biblical references in the show, right? Like the Ark, this chancellor dude on the Ark is, is Noah, and he's sending out his little birds to see if the radioactive water's gone down on Earth. Mm -hmm. Kane, willing to murder his brothers for what he thinks is the best path forward. Mm -hmm. We get these little-ass teenagers beating the bigger Goliath grounders. That one's a stretch. Jasper is Samson, except all his strength comes from his goggles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These are the only Bible stories I know from the children's Bible stories book I had as a kid. Uh, so uh, She wasn't able to live anymore. <laughs> that, whole, that whole explanation for that. Great. What happened to Kate's mother? She's dead. <laughs> I think she was floated for breaking the rules. And I think she broke them similarly to how Abby did. I think that she was a doctor and she tried to save somebody and she used more than she should have and she got floated for it. And that's why Kane is such a, a hard ass when it comes to the rules. Got it. Our next question from Facebook from Ariane. ¿Quién era Diana Sidney? ¿Cuáles eran sus aliados que quiera y que le pasó? Diana is Marcus's mother, I think. And I know they don't have the same last name, but that's fine. It's, you know, 97 years from now. So it's like, it's the 2100s. It's fine. I think that her main ally was young Thelonious, and she was a chancellor and also a doctor. And because she was chancellor, she thought that she could get away with breaking the rules and trying to save somebody. And in doing so, the rest of the whatever voted to float her. Yo también. La mamá de Kane. Sus aliados eran Raven y los doctores. Uh, ella quiere que el arca fuera a la tierra, pero su hijo la mató. Y yo tengo un saltillo grande. Hmm, hmm, makes sense, makes sense. All right, so our next set of questions come from Reddit. Trashlin001 and actually Beck B on Facebook asked similar questions. How do you think Wells died slash what happened to Wells? To me, this is one of the most important questions because A, he's the Chancellor's son. B, he seems like he's one of the few people with half a brain. And C, they didn't even talk about his ass in the finale. Dude's old news. <laughs> it made me feel like he was dead a long time, like a while ago. 100%. That's, that's what I think. I think it happened early on. But my guess is it was John Murphy who killed him and he pushed him off a cliff. What a dick. It's too easy to guess Reapers or Grounders or Bellamy. And I think that John Murphy is the next logical murderer. And he does it to impress Bellamy because losers stick together. Yes, they do. Explains this podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> so I think that Wells died shortly after the struggle to get his wristband off. The knife that they were using to like get in there actually kind of slipped and cut him a little bit like across the hand, maybe... Uh, cut off a few fingers, Ooh. spoiler alert, and then they got infected and he died because they're all dumb and don't know how to solve that problem. I don't hate it. I don't hate it based on another question, but we'll get there. Next question from Reddit from Perito Lover 69 Nice. How do you explain Jasper getting stabbed and then being in the last episode? <laughs> so I think that Monty's quick thinking, he treated him with some herbs that he found in the woods that helped to slow the bleeding or maybe even like slow his heart down so that it made it easier. And then I think that this is when Lincoln 
joined kind of was introduced to this group, which is why he knows all of them. And he helps to extract the spear. And this is why Finn knows that he had medicine because he used some of that medicine to help solve that problem. Mm. So this question is for the creator, Jason Rothenberg and CW, right? Like, how do you write a dude getting shot with a six foot spear right through his chest in a place with little to no medical supplies and radiation all around you? And then you have him show up in the finale like that dog in the fire. This is fine meme. And he's just straight chilling. Next time we see him. Yep. Not a fan. Not a fan. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's your answer. Mm -hmm. Cool. Adventurous pen 2970 asks, which characters hooked up in between the first and last episode of season one? All right, the fun stuff. So far, all, all we've had is death and torture and espionage. Let's fuck. Time for the dirty radiation jungle sex. So I think there's a few. I think Finn and Clark, Octavia and Jasper, John Murphy gives Bellamy a handjob. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then his sister does the same. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb, but I'm going to go Bellamy and Octavia. Oh, no. I was saying it jokingly. No, I've known a lot of brother and sisters in my day, and few have that same, we want to fuck each other, glint in their eye every time they hug like these two. So that's what I'm going with. In this order, Octavia and Finn, Clark and Finn, Raven and Finn, (laughs) Finn and Finn, (laughs) Monty and Finn. (laughs) Done. Wow, Finn's getting busy. Hell yeah, man. It's the long hair. Uh, next set of questions is from Cave Fellum. How did Octavia and Lincoln meet, and what happened before they kissed for the first time? So I think that Lincoln heard the commotion of Jasper getting speared through the heart and surviving, and he came to help, but kind of like came out of the woods rather quickly to help and Octavia was startled because it happened so fast and they were afraid because of the spear and everything. She just turned around and stabbed him. Hmm. And that's that. Well, now, so I think they meet in his love cave and before they Mm -hmm, kissed, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bellamy was like, no, damn it, no. But really, before they kissed, she was like, I just want to do something wild or whatever she said in the first episode. All right. What does Octavia give to Jasper so that the grounders won't see him? One of those camo Carhartt jackets that every skinny white redneck mechanic wears. (laughs) First, I thought it was your ball joint, but then I saw that Black Lives Matter bumper sticker and that there was your problem. I took that right off for you free of charge. (laughs) No, I think think when they're carrying him back to camp after he somehow survives being shot through the heart, she gives him some kind of drug and tells him that they won't be able to see him just to like make him feel better. But it's just going to be in his mind. Oh, interesting. I think she gives him her virginity. Next question. Wow. Next question from same user K film. What is the art supply store? So I think this is an actual reference to the answer to the question previously. I think that she covers him in mud. And I think that the art supply store is just a big pile of mud. Wow. I guess I don't hate it. I said that I think it's I think it's what they call the spot where they keep the drugs. My only logic here is that one of my favorite Christmas songs, uh, it's called December is for Cynics by The Matches. And there's a lyric, let's get high on art supplies and hibernate. So I just, I think they'd be sniffing that good glue, yo. Interesting. Well, everyone's cool dad asks, are you sure it's not like everyone's cool dad? Could be. Our next question comes from everyone's cool dad. How many fingers does Wells have? Okay. By virtue of this being asked, the answer is not 10 or, or eight, whatever. Thumbs are just MVP fingers. They could just do additional shit. Yeah. But they're still fingers. So I think either he loses some fingers to torture or he gains some due to radiation. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) Now, I guess conceivably he could have just been born with more or less, but the odds on that are super slim. So I'm going to go with eight again, counting the thumbs. So I think he has eight, including thumbs. And I think it's because John Murphy cuts off his two middle fingers before he pushes them off a cliff. Oh, what a dick. You're going to push me off a cliff and then not even give me the chance to fucking give you the fingers I'm falling? <laughs> Fuck you, man. I think at the beginning he has ten. When he dies, he has seven. Because three of them got cut off and they got infected and he died. I, I don't hate that. I really don't. Next question here is from Rogan Writer. How did they deal with the monkeys? So part of me wants to think that this is what they called grounders, but it feels really racist. But it's not. It's like racist against like weird living, living on Earth after radiation apocalypse people type of racism, not against like an actual race, but whatever. I think this is what they called grounders. And by blowing up the bridge, they dealt with them. Yeah, I, I first took this literally and I was like, wow, cool. I want to see the monkey part. But then 
I realized, I agree with you that I think it was a reference because in the pilot, Finn is talking about that toe print in the forest. And Clark was like, there aren't any monkeys here. Mm. And, and those monkeys turned out to be the grounders or reapers or whatever the hell. So I, I'm going to answer more questions about the grounders later and what happens. But yeah, I don't I don't think there's real monkeys. Yeah, I like that answer because it makes mine sound less racist. <laughs> All right. Jobless idiot. Jobless idiot. It's like Ren from Ren and Stimpy. Jobless idiot asks. How do you think Bellamy and Clark ended up cooperating and becoming co-leaders? How? I think they just agreed to it and did it. But I think the more important question is why. And I think they lost a lot of people to attacks by the Grounders and or Reapers. And they pulled a jack in one of my favorite lost speeches. And were like, if we can't live together, we're going to die alone. They probs fucked. Next question, same user. How does Raven end up coming to the ground? Yeah, so I think that at this point, the Ark just thought like, wow, maybe we should have sent someone down there who was smart. <laughs> we should send down this girl who is a very good engineer and knows her stuff. And they just sent her in like a single person little pod thing, but filled it to the brim with guns. More on that later. Yeah, I, I brought this up at the top and I'm going to connect with later questions too also. And I think she volunteers to go down a little single person chip from the Ark so she can find out what's going on with the hundred since they all took off their wristbands. But more on that later. All right. Shot underscore design 8995 asks, who shot Raven? Mr. Edgar Allan Poe boy himself, John Murphy. I don't like him. He reminds me of a younger version of that barn owl looking guy from The Witcher. I bet those actors are cousins or some shit like Tom Cruise and the guy who plays Ethan and Lost, except lamer looking. But I think that's the logical answer. It's got to be it's got to be John Murphy. Yeah. I mean, we are pretty confident in this because in the last episode of the season, when they're talking about how she got shot, someone said, how did Murphy get a gun anyways or something mm. like that? It's like, yeah. well, that so it sounds yeah, like Murphy. 100% confirmed, but it's like 90% yeah. confirmed. Yeah. Pretty confident. And then he gets stabbed in the leg later and probably fucked by some grounders. So it's all good. <laughs> Next question from legitimate underscore dealer 951. What is the culling? So I think this is, it sounds like this is something that they decided to do on the Ark to reduce the population to maintain longer survival. Interesting. I went in a different direction. I, I think that's what the grounders call it before they kill 15-ish people of the 100, because Bellamy says 18 are gone in the finale, but I think that includes the first two dumbasses who die on the ship and then Wells, so that leaves 15 other people to die. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't... Uh, I don't hate either of her answers. It could be either. It's probably one of the two. I, I just assume that other people died from, like, you know, all of them being stupid. <laughs> but who knows? Lighthouse Keep asks, how did they get weapons after landing? I always consider the questions we get a good question when it's literally something I internally asked myself when watching the finale. Mm -hmm. So kudos, Lighthouse person. You've done it. You've done it. And quick aside, this reminded me, if you've never read the Bradbury short story, The Foghorn, it involves a lighthouse. That's what made me think of this. Go do it. And that's, there's my plug for that. But OK, so if we had not seen Mount Weather at the end of the finale, I would have guessed that they made it there and found them along with the Twinkies and shit. Agreed. But I don't think that's likely now. So the only other thing I can think is that Raven brought them down on her little solo ship. That kind of seems unlikely, too. Like, why would she bring them down if she was just going to see if they were alive? But I just I can't think of any other reasonable answer. I don't think she was going down to see if they were alive. I think she was going down to, like, help them. But how did the people up in the Ark know that there were grounders and reapers down there? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they must have had to, like, communicate somehow with them at some point, right? I don't know, because I, I feel think like they, they did. I think they only communicated once Raven came down. I think it was before that. Okay. Well, so who knows? But but yeah, I uh, I did the same same kind of thought process there. I think they came down with Raven. Okay, sent as many supplies as they could to help out because everything that they had in the other ship that was supposed to help was garbage. Next question from Lighthouse Keep: Who do you most ship? Jasper, I guess. I don't know. What does this question even mean? I don't understand. <laughs> so so shipping is when you watch a show or movie or read a book or whatever, and you want two people that aren't currently in a relationship to be in a relationship. Oh. You want them to be in a relationship. Makes sense. So then, yes, Jasper and Finn. Okay. Because it's the only person Finn has a fucked. I am not a shipping guy. I I'm just not. When I watch something or read something, I let the creator take me for the journey, man. Like, what's the point of wanting two people to hook up if the creator doesn't have that in mind for moving the story where it needs to get? Uh... But I think that if the storyteller is doing a good job, they make you 
have a connection to the characters and then you almost kind of think of them as friends and then you want you like you and also if they're doing a good job of like creating tension then it's like i want those people to be in a relationship they seem like they would be in a good relationship so i kind of disagree with you there but i but the, i think that's i think what you're saying is still wrong though because these stories that we watch if they are doing a good job are just like real life and people that are supposed to be together don't always end up together and people who are clearly wrong for each other end up butting heads together like boy rams during horny season for years. Like, that is life. That's true. So I refuse to answer this. I'm going to let the writers write and make who they want to fuck fuck. You feel me? You're the worst. No. Yeah. Tez Catlow asks, define perverse instantiation. I think the answer is Bellamy and Octavia wanting to do it. I think that's perverse instantation. So instantation is like, hey, things only exist if they're tangible type deal. Like like ideas are fake, man. And perverse is like poo-poo stuff, like the bad touch, not not cool things. So yeah, I think not cool things that exist are Bellamy and Octavia doing it as brother and sister. It is defined as the need to satisfy yourself so much sexually that is to the level of perversion. Okay, what does that have to do with the hundred? The hundred, though. Mm. Okay, Finn jerked it. So, all right. Next question from UGA underscore thirteen. What is the Unity Day? That kind of sounds like a marriage to me. I think that it's the day that Clark and Bellamy agreed to co-lead and stop being big fat babies. How oh, you think they like made up a little like constitution? Bullshit yeah, and like, ugh, gross. I do, but this brings me to a philosophical question that I wanted to get your opinion on. Oh, perfect. So let's say that they survive. These mm-hmm. 100 people that are left. Yes. Or what, however, they repopulate the earth, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they celebrate Unity Day later on, like like it's an actual holiday. You buy cards for it at the grocery store hundreds yes. of years later once grocery stores exist again. Yep. You're off work, fireworks, the whole, the whole shebang. Yeah. What happens to the old holidays? Do you still celebrate those? Or because you've been off earth for almost 100 years and it's a few generations removed, is there no more Christmas, no more New Year's? I kind of think they'd be gone. Like, you just start fresh. I think, no, I disagree. So my thought process would be is that in an effort for the people on the Ark to feel like there is some semblance of the life that they had before, they would have celebrated those holidays. And then those traditions would have been passed down through the generations. And then people would want to keep those because they've celebrated them up to this point. Yeah. Are, are things like, you know, Columbus Day going to exist? No, probably not. But the things like your your New Year's or your Christmases, things like that, if they celebrated them on the arc to kind of boost morale a little bit, I think that that would have carried through multiple generations. Well, let me let me do two pivots there. Number one. What if they didn't celebrate it on the Ark? Well, then, then, I mean, then they don't exist anymore unless the grounders are celebrating them. Sure. But number two, we know that these teens are rebelling against everything that was on the Ark. Are you sure that they would continue celebrating these monolithic days with just billions of dollars of pomp and ceremony tied to them? If you could just you just put them on pause for a couple of generations. I don't know. I just I just I think it proves how meaningless everything is. I think that at first they might do that. But in the long run, the 100 would actually end up being probably the leaders of this new society and therefore would fall into the same patterns as the council on the Ark. I don't know. And it would kind of repeat itself. We'll never know. We'll never know. I mean, we might know if we watch more of the show. I don't I don't think there's a Christmas episode of the 100. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. Something interesting to think about. But yeah, anyway. it's just like she comes out of that quarantine room in Mount, Mount Weather and it's just like they're celebrating. Like, there's tinsel Easter. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question from you really here. How did the 100 get high? Yeah, so I think my boy Monty finds some bark that when thrown on the fire emits a cloud of hallucinogenic gas through the whole camp and everyone gets high. Yeah, I think the answer is art supplies, baby. I think they snorted some glitter and mainlined a tube of Elmer's, if you know what I mean. But uh, no, I, I think it's probably just some glowing forest mushrooms. Monty knows what's up. You're right. I mean, we're in agreement that like Monty is the one who gets this done, obviously. 100%. Yep. Yeah. All right. Ray Mix asks, why is Bellamy's voice deeper? Well, that's a side effect to sleeping with your sister. No, I, 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 I really don't know. 
What if shit like that did happen? Like you could tell that someone did something stupid because like it was like an obvious thing. Like the only way that you got white hair is if you if you like did something dumb, you know, you came on your dog's back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's, the first time you jerk it, you just get like a streak of white. It's like just you could like tell immediately that someone did. Uh, no, I have no idea. I, I don't even I bet it's not even something that happens in the show. It's probably just the actor did it one way in the pilot. And then the director was like, deeper, deeper. And he applied. <laughs> Deeper. A deeper voice later on. <laughs> no, I think it is. It is something built into the show. I think he tried to get too high on Monty's bark of the dog and almost died. <laughs> All right. Next question from Tech Knightley. Do you think Clark is a good or evil character? Neither. Next. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to believe that she's good. But there is some merit to what the other people are saying, although it is kind of stupid to like immediately rebel and refuse to like do what you need to to survive just because you want to fucking be an idiot and party. I think that she also kind of refuses to see that point of, you know, most of these people were like the lower class on the arc and were taken advantage of and their families were and. Uh, and I think that she doesn't really take that into consideration a whole lot, and she probably should. Hmm. I'd like to think that because this is being asked, it's different than what we see in the pilot and the finale, but I, I just don't see it here with this one. Like you said, she's portrayed to be good. There was nothing at all that we saw that would lead me to believe that she is anything but a good character. Now, that's not to say that she doesn't make some foolish choices or have false morals, like yeah. in the finale when she won't beat up the Kesha-looking lady, but then burns hundreds of dudes alive of the same crew. I just think overall she's good, which is more than I can say for Bellamy and John Murphy. Agreed. All right. Our next question from Skyheda and Aditya Gutpa. What happened to John Murphy? Why is Murphy removed from the camp? I feel like I've connected many questions to this douchebag already. And yet I still haven't even mentioned how he's not even the best TV character named John Murphy. That title belongs to my dude from season two and season three of The Leftovers. Better John Murphy, hands down. Now, I've already touched on it a bit, but basically, I think he kills Wells. He then shoots Raven when she comes down on her ship. And at that point, they have no choice but to banish his ass and send him to the forest where we see him in the finale caught by the grounders. And I hope they do bad things to his body. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the same on the same level as you. I think that he gets kicked out because he is taking the whatever the hell we want to heart. And eventually Bellamy realizes that that is not the way that they are going to survive, which is probably what led to the the kind of the combination of Bellamy and Clark as leaders. It's like you kind of have both sides of the coin there. Mm -hmm. So I do think that he just got kicked out for doing stupid shit, you know, cutting off Wells' fingers, leading to his death, eventually uh, shooting Raven. And after he got banished, he's off trying to survive on his own, not knowing what the fuck, because he, he's an idiot. And he just gets uh, gets abducted by the grounders and tortured and other stuff. Yeah. All right. Next question from Responsible Major 120 and Nini underscore 20. How do the kids contact the Ark? And how did people on the Ark find out that the 100 were alive? Yeah, so I think these are basically the same, is that once they contact the Ark, then they are aware that they are alive. But I do think that this happens before Raven. I think that they reach out for help saying, like, you know, we haven't been able to get Mount to Mount Weather because XYZ, we need help. And that's why they send Raven down and guns and probably food and stuff. My guess, I was going to originally say Mount Weather, but you're right. Is it like, I don't think they ever really made it to Mount Weather. So I'm going to say that that weird dude Lincoln had just like been collecting random shit that he finds. And he had like a like an old radio or something that they were actually able to get working to, to communicate. It was like Jasper's thing and he figured it out yeah. after they took the spear out of his chest. Maybe. I just don't think that's likely. I think it's connected to the questions about Raven. When she come, came down to Earth, she brought communication gear. That dirtball John Murphy shoots her because he's still on the whole Bellamy train of we don't want to communicate with the Ark. But some of the 100 who have half a brain and realize they're going to get curb stomped by the grinders and reapers if they just stay there overpower John and use the comms. But then I think they end up blowing up the ship after so that there can't be further communication because they're stupid teenagers after all. Hmm. Of course, of course. All right. Farming villain and commander Gumball. <laughs> That's a great name. Who is at fault in the conflict between the 100 and the grounders? Who do you think is responsible for the first massacre? I think it's the 100, obviously. They are the British or French or insert other old white person here. 
and the grounders are the natives. They come and fringe on their land, eat all their radiation fruit, get scraped knees by their water snakes. It's a tale as old as time. Can't these people just go back where they came from? The sky! Bellamy. (laughs) (laughs) Just all Bellamy? Fuck that guy. Easy answer. All right. Hate him. All right. And our last questions are from friend of the show, Nan, from Unearth Gems podcast. Would you rather be a grounder or sky crew? So initially, I wanted to be sky crew, right? Because you're like, when you think about it, like there's an apocalypse and everyone's going to leave the planet and you're going to go up on a space station. Like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Sign me up. Now, knowing that the arc is basically fucked and they're all going to die anyways. uh, Grounder, please. So grounder sounds cooler. Well, sky crew sounds cooler, but not when it's spelled the way that it is. (laughs) Like spelled horribly. It just now it looks like some lame early 2000s metal band like Sky Crew now on tour with Mudvayne and Spine Shake. I'm pretty sure whenever you say it to you have to say like this Sky Crew. (laughs) I just I think grounders are just radiation humans. And I'm guessing that Sky Crew is what the kids call themselves, like the people from the sky. I, I guess I would rather be big and cool and not anything like John Murphy. And all of this presupposes that I'm not one of the grounders who gets barbecued, obviously. You would definitely be one of the grounders that come over here. Actually, you wouldn't have because they wouldn't have brought you to battle. So <laughs> never mind. So our last question from Nan. How many miners end up on Earth, not counting the deaths? Well, I think we can only give the answer pre-finale because technically a bunch of kids land in the new ship at the end of the finale. And I don't think that Nan is counting those, like the people in the arc that falls down. Like we don't, we have no fucking idea how many kids were in there. But I think prior to that, I think the answer is actually 101. I think there were 100 that came down originally, plus Bellamy, who was unaccounted for. But I, I think he's older than 18. So I think it is still 100 in the original ship. And then I've mentioned it a bunch, but I think Raven is also a minor. I think she makes 101. Lock that shit in. Interesting. But like the two boys that died on the ship, are we considering that they ended up yeah, on Earth? They're still on Earth. Yes. <laughs> they made it to Earth. Yes. Okay. Then my answer is similar wavelength as you, but I'm going to go 102 because I think Wells is a minor, but Bellamy is not. We had 100 on the ship plus wells and then plus raven wells wasn't part of the 100 i don't think so Hmm. i think that thelonious got him in there but was not part of the original 100 got it maybe i i think probably one of us is right or something really ridiculous like there's only 85 of them and they just like said 100 because it sounded good (laughs) yeah because the 85 is a way worse name of a tv show yeah the the 85 (laughs) well those are all of our many questions i feel a lot more confident about the middle now. I don't. <laughs> but David, before we wrap up our coverage on the 100 season one, I think we need to hit up our center counts. I think we do. And I'm going to give this a, if I could give it a three and a half, I would. So I think I'm going to round down to three out of seven. Wasn't my favorite thing. I don't like the whole premise. I liked it much better when it was Wally. And I. I don't know, like some of the characters really just kind of piss me off. And like, I know that some of them are intended to piss you off, but also just some of them are like dumb children that make me angry. It's similar to like Outer Banks. Like I, it is getting harder and harder to watch Outer Banks because they, the, the kids just do the wrong thing every time. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> and I think this is kind of the same, the same thing is like, they just like, we're doing stupid shit the whole damn time. And it drives me nuts. And that's why I can't watch teen dramas. I'm with you. I give this a three out of seven. I, I don't have a lot to say here. I, I think the premise, I, I'm unlike you, I think the premise is pretty cool. But I think it's just, it's very tropey and some not great acting at CW and the fight scenes in the finale looked like they were filmed inside a bottle of Pepsi mm-hmm. and I would watch more but I wouldn't be overly excited about it like I'd be like all right this is fine it's not the worst it's not the worst thing we've ever seen no it's not it's fine. definitely not it's fine it's, it's just, not it's, it's just it's just fine but it's also just not our cup of tea I don't think I just I think it would be cooler if there were less factions of pseudo humans on earth already like I don't like that there are so many other like yeah. rounders and mountain men and greepers. I just wish like it was. I also wouldn't and- mind it like it's it's futuristic, but not you know like it's the future where like there are giant space stations and they have the ability of flying up and down, but like everything else is just so normal. I almost wish it was a little bit more sci-fi y because I think it would help like sell the fact that this is the future. I'm with you. Not bad. 
not the best thing we've ever seen, but not bad. Agreed. And the 100, may we meet again. Until then, David. We're going to have a center chat next week where we talk about if we would rather have been on this arc or Noah's arc. Arc talk. Arc, 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 arc. <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> yeah, chat's canceled, guys. <laughs> so the week after that, March 16th, we'll be covering Leon the Professional, we think is how it's pronounced, mm -hmm. with Nate Haskell. Model and voice actor. Mm. Yeah, it's about to get sexy in here. Talking about an action movie from the 90s. Action movies are good. I like them. Yep. People like them. Michael doesn't like them. Yeah, not really a big action guy, but I'm, I'm excited to cover it. Nate's, yeah. Nate's a great guy, and I think it's going to be a fun episode. David, if people liked this, they should probably let us know, and if we get enough support, maybe we'll do season two of The 100. Yeah, so you could always hit up uh, us up on all the stuff we talked about earlier, or leave a review, rating, and then we can uh, maybe watch season two and see if it completely changes our mind on the show for sure but that is all i have for today david like the time between the apocalypse and the day the thing that we built to save us from the apocalypse fails and causes another apocalypse it's always better in the center 